0: going to fade out of the cactus blossoms because we have our wonderful guest on the phone and that is the new city manager of mankato she uh, just started her role just the end of last year and they offered her the job to susan arntz late august and she's the former city administrator of waconia and has a list of other experiences working with cities and i want to welcome her and this is the first time she's been on kmsu good morning susan good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, absolutely. So how is it like you're you're coming from a city of Waconia and coming to Mankato and making this transition during a pandemic? Uh, that must have been kind of a, a big move. And I mean, you're already doing a lot of changes with the pandemic. How, how has it been so far?
1: You know, it is a very unique and special time to start a new <laughs> opportunity. That's for certain. Um, the, you know, with um With the pandemic, you know, we have a lot of our staff are working different shifts, different schedules. Uh, Some are home, some are here, Uh, you know, some rotate in, some rotate out. So getting to meet all of the staff that we have has been um, uh, a challenge. And, uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of. Um, Zoom and, and distance meetings as well as uh, when we can, you know, kind of sitting miles apart, but in a conference room here and there. So that's been good internally here. Um, I have had the opportunity to join a number of uh, organizations that have had meetings and have met a lot of people in the community through Zoom, which has been <laughs> yes. um, helpful. Uh, it's not the perfect way to meet folks, but it certainly has been um a good opportunity and then along the way as I've met folks I've also asked you know who else should I be meeting and so I've been working uh, just making phone calls introducing myself and then along the way making sure I ask um, kind of the context of you know tell me how we got here you know tell me about this project or tell me the story of that Um, and so that's it's been fun to get to know people's people's story and kind of from the business community to kind of hear their you know, how did they get to this place and, you know, and some of their struggles and challenges now, but also, uh, you know, kind of what's created and brought them to where they are.
0: Well, I would like to ask you your story. What brought you here to Mankato? Where did you start out? I noticed a lot of your past experience is in Minnesota. So where did it start for Susan Arntz?
1: So it, uh, all of my um, government experience or all of my experience really has been in Minnesota. Um, when I was Fourteen. That's the first time I started working for the government. I was a Whoa. federal employee at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers campground in downtown Cross Lake. Um, oh my! I was given the opportunity to work part in the office and then as a park ranger. Um, so learning, uh, you know, helping with park reservations. Uh, once I got my driver's license, then I was uh, driving and checking, you know, checking the campgrounds. Um, I would drive to the adjacent community to pick up the, um, no kidding, uh, real movies, not R E A L R E E L movies. And, um, then would play them, uh, for at the campground, you know, uh, teaching people about fish and frogs and, uh, different wildlife, uh, videos and move or not videos, movies. Um, so it, it kind of all started way back then. Um, and then in high school, um, My high school civics class, um, I just fell in love with, you know, the um, structure of American government, and so then pursued that in college and was very lucky uh, while I was in college to be able to secure an internship in Hennepin County, worked there for two and a half years. Then I uh, took an internship with the city of Shoreview, worked there about eight months and kind of ran out of work. They (laughs) kind of ran out of work for me there. So, um, and then I secured a job with the city of Chaska as their assistant administrator and economic development coordinator, spent about three and a half years there. Then, uh, in order to get some supervisory and budgetary experience, moved to the city of New Brighton and worked there about three and a half years. And then when I left Chaska, my boss at the time, the city administrator, was disappointed that I was leaving and Mm. said, you know, my goal for you, kid, was for you to leave here and go work in a small community as their administrator. Well, like Waconia. And at the time, the job wasn't open. So I said, well, I've got to grow. So I've got to go. And when the Waconia opportunity uh, came up, I called him again and said, what do you think is now the time? And at the time, Waconia was about 6,800 people. When I left uh, last year, it was uh, just under 14,000. Oh, my goodness. So I was was able to see a real huge transformation in both growth and shaping and working with that community to kind of map its future forward. Um, So part of what attracted me here in Mankato, you know, the strategic plan that's here, the vision, uh, being able to see how, as a community, uh, you know, they've Uh, here you've created um, concepts, plans, and the ability to execute on them. Um, And, you know, and the fact that it's not all finished, right? So um, I I suffer with professional ADD. (laughs) I like to work in all the departments. And um, so that's why I stay in the administration side. And, um, you know, it was, you know, Mankato is a very well-respected organization in my field, and, um, so I was very delighted first that I got the opportunity to come here and be interviewed. Um, and then as prep work for that interview, I did some secret shopping of Ooh, Mankato. So nice. I came down here a few times in different ways, um, dressed differently because I knew it wouldn't be, if I did get the job, it wouldn't be long before I couldn't be anonymous anymore. Right. And, uh, so we'd come down and, um, you know, talk to people, ask questions, uh, played um, kind of uh, over the phone, played um, curious guest or um, inquisitive resident, just to kind of get a sense of from the business community, from some of the nonprofit community, the engagement and, you know, kind of people's reaction um, and support or lack thereof. I was just curious to kind of see, um, you know, people's um, the, you know, without, without knowing why I was asking, I kind of wanted to see from a secret perspective, you know, their perspective of the community, and I, I was stunned and impressed, and so very fortunate to have the opportunity to join the community and be part of um, its future.
0: That's a great way. I love that that type of research, that hands-on research. Of course, here at Minnesota State, that's what we're all about. Tell me some of those experiences. Like, where did you go? Did you go to stores? Did you come to the university? Did you go to government center? Give some examples. I'm just curious how that all sure. played out because it's, it's it sounds like an awesome and fun thing to do.
1: Well, um, so without naming specific businesses, um, you know, I spent a Few Well, each time, I, w- I came here about five times, and each time, you know, there would be a meal consumed, right? So I'd right. go in and I'd, um, you know, play, you know, kind of the, uh, I'll call it the clueless restaurant guest, right? <laughs> and so I'd just start asking questions about, um, uh, you know you'd ask the server, and sometimes the server would say, I don't know those questions. And sometimes they'd go get somebody else. That was the best time or the most special. They'd find a manager or in a couple of cases, the owner happened to be there. And so then I'd you know, ask these, you know, questions about, um, you know, I'm looking for, uh, you know, we're thinking about moving here and, um, you know, kind of asking questions about my kids are in this activity or that activity, you know, tell me about whether that exists here or, you know, just, I mean, things that I could find on Google, frankly, but right. I just kind of wanted to hear, um, hear the conversation. And um, so a lot of times in the restaurants, that was a great way to just kind of ask those random questions. I'm sure they were rolling their eyes, um, you know, when it was done. Um, But it was some of the most valuable research. I went to the uh, library here and, you know, kind of asked some questions more about um, our heritage uh, here and, um, you know, exploring some of those questions and uh, then asking about events. Um, I called um, GMG to ask questions about, uh, you know, kind of the... Annual, some of those what I'll call more annual community events that happen and uh, played the inquisitive um, uh, naive either sp- yeah kind of <laughs> Maybe. you know just to, again most of this was things I probably could have found on the internet yeah. but I wanted to hear their you know I wanted to hear their vor- version and I did call the government center here I'd called city hall and um, uh, you know had questions about my utility bill and um, you know, asked about garbage and recycling. And uh, the 311 team here did a fantastic job of answering those questions. I just made up an address, you know, so I, <laughs> I apologize if there's any resident here who now has an odd <laughs> note in their file. Um, I did write down the addresses, so I will you know, make sure those notes get fixed and deleted. But um, the, um, you know, I, we went to some of the stores, retail stores, and more of the non-chain retail stores, and, you know, just kind of asked, um, you know, did some shopping, so, you know, certainly have some nice treasures from Mankato, and um, were able to, you know, kind of ask them uh, questions like, if you were going to go out to eat tonight or if you were looking for this or that, where would you go? And I was really impressed. It's always impressive when other businesses know enough about the other businesses to be able to provide that Referral that reference, that connection. And so the the takeaways for me um, really showed that, you know, the business community is engaged not just with themselves but each other. Um, Most of the businesses here do a really good job of promoting other businesses, Um, you know, and so it's not like I'd walk into a um, a clothing store and ask about other clothing stores, right? You know, so I'd ask... You know, something non-competitive, but um, so it was, it was fun and engaging and, you know, the, the, it's hard to go anywhere in Minnesota and not feel blessed with the friendly and the nice, you know, how how great people are generally, but it was something a little bit more than just that. Um, people here were just so willing to talk about the different Neighborhoods, or the different businesses here, or oh, you should if you're here for a weekend, you should do this and that. Um, asking about, well, what trails should we go see, or if we had an afternoon to do something, what's that one thing you'd suggest we do? Um, so that was it was really fun.
0: Well, that's interesting because you know when I first came to Mankato, I came my first job here was as a reporter with K E Y C T V reporter slash weekend anchor, and so I remember coming thinking, well, I'm only going to be here t- two years. Because, you know, okay, it's, it's just sure. a stepping stone. I've been here since 1988 <laughs> because I have grown to love this community and so much about it. So when you say all those things, I mean, I, I totally get it. And, and uh, I, I hope that the things you heard are have been coming true as you've been finding out as you've been here a, a number of months.
1: Yes. The one thing I didn't hear is nobody told me about the bison.
0: Oh, and wow. So I can't I'm, believe that.
1: On December sixth, lots of feedback about the uh, the falls, but no one told me about the bison. Oh. So December sixth, my thirteen-year-old and I came to town to just explore, and um, we intended I intended to take her to the falls. Missed the turn, so then <laughs> no. drove forward a little bit, and then we saw the the next turn into the park where the bison um, hike is, and it, you know, the picture on the highway of the, then we said Buffalo, we understand it's bison. Right. Um, And we both looked at each other and were like, really, do you think there's actually bison back here or Buffalo back here? (laughs) And so I said, I don't know, but we're going to find out. So uh, anyway, we drove in there and hiked all the way around. And I mean, it was just, it was a pretty special day.
0: We are talking with Susan Arntz, the new city manager of Mankato. Just started the end of last year and just getting to know her a little bit. Now, you mentioned when you were 14, were you in Cross Lake? So you were born in Cross Lake or in that area then? Okay. No, I was
1: born in St. Paul Park, and when I was 7, oh. we moved up to Cross Lake.
0: Okay, so one of the things about Cross Lake area, I think, is a lot of tourism with a lot of lakes and things like that. Oh, um, absolutely. When you came down here, was that an attractive part, too? Because we do have lakes. They may be not as clean as they are up that area, but w- were there any thoughts of the, the I guess, geography, topography down here? Yeah, so my husband
1: grew up in the Boston area, oh. and so a piece of what's really attractive for us as a family is, um, the lakes. Yes. Last summer, we, um, without knowing this opportunity was in the, in the near term future, uh, we spent time, um, on one of the lakes, North of town, about 20 minutes out of town. And we were really impressed at, we had not spent much time on lakes in Southern Minnesota and we were really impressed at what we saw and the, the day that we spent out on the water, um, with my husband's um, growing up in the Boston area the larger body of water known as uh, the river right. is really intriguing to to him and to us we you know we like to do a lot of the outdoor recreation so you know we're excited for the opportunity come summer to uh, try kayaking or canoeing in the river um, stand up paddleboard you know some of those kinds of things just to experience that part we've done a lot of hiking um, in the last two months since we've been here, really more before really the snow hit in December. Once the snow hit in December, we kind of let it go. But um, so we've done a number of the uh, walks and the hikes, and the topography here is very different mm. than you know the topography of my last 20 years. And so it's been fun to kind of explore and and see the ravines and the, you know, different um, trees. And, you know, the river piece is very unique uh, for this community. Um, And you're right, there is a lot of tourism here as a result of, you know, the trails, the river, the lakes around, you know, all of those aspects. The Civic Center, you know, that's going to be a a challenge but also an exciting thing once we can kind of get that back and... um, more
0: active, and so. One of the things when I came here back in 1988, I remember thinking driving over to the North Star Bridge was how ugly it was. When you look out there, I mean, it was the, the, this is before you've come here, because it's certainly changed a lot, but it was the old North Star concrete place, and it was just, it looked like sort of this industrial wasteland, and I just remember thinking, oh, this is kind of an ugly place, and it's been changing a lot, and I noticed one of the things in today's paper, there's actually some more plans to make that area even more developed. Let's talk a little bit about some of these new things that you're looking at now, talking about maybe getting uh, filling in some of those vacant big box stores, which of course I'm sure you see as an opportunity and a challenge in itself, and also adding some more housing because I read that when you came, one of your things, uh, what you were interested in doing was increasing affordable housing, which has always been a, a big need here. So just let's talk a little bit about some of those things and let's start with the North Star Bridge because like I said, when I came here, initially back in 88. I remember thinking going over that, it was just like looking at something that was just really kind of ugly in a place like you'd look at and say, I'm going to just drive on by.
1: Yeah, one of the things we are working with MnDOT, um, the counties, Nicollet County, Blue Earth County, North Mankato, and Mankato is a highway 169 corridor study Mm -hmm. we've done some engagement on monday night the city council uh, received kind of an update on that project and the next stage and phase of that starts shifting into uh, you know some preliminary engineering of the different ideas or concepts and um, my 13 year old who is a gem um one of the first times she came here, she said, Mom, I think one of the things you've got to do is work on the um, highway. It doesn't look so great. Oh, wow. Uh, and I said, you know, because now I'm annoyed but entertained <laughs> as the mother um, and the newly minted city manager for the community she's kind of giving me feedback about. <laughs> I love it. And I said, say more about that, kid. Yeah. And she said, well, it just, it, it could look better. She said, "Yeah, couldn't you do some different landscaping on the, on the edge here or... You know, when you go north uh, on 371, um, there's these bridges that have pine cones on the edge. She said, "I don't know if pine cones is the right thing here, but couldn't you do some of that?" And so she had all kinds of brilliant ideas. The good news is that uh, with some of the engagement we've done on the 169 corridor, uh, the, the the individuals that have been part of that, and then I've also have a really a great working relationship with my in my previous roles with MnDOT and working on projects, um, you know, I was able to communicate to them uh, this vision from the 13-year-old. And uh, so in addition to the people of Mankato saying this is a priority, uh, you know, we've that's, a, that's become, you know, kind of improving that visual aesthetic mm-hmm. along that corridor has become, you know, not just the only part of what the future of 169 could look like, but It certainly has moved higher on the priority list than it may have been before. Um, And then in working with North Mankato, you know, prioritizing kind of the um, the two having two access points at Webster and at Lind, or um, you know, a redevelopment because there's some redevelopment plans on that north area with potentially a, a different road alignment. But you know, all of that depends on. You know, putting putting the putting the pieces together. You know, redevelopment becomes kind of like building a puzzle, right? And um, sometimes you don't have all of the pieces, so you just have to kind of keep working on. Uh, and so, putting that puzzle together is key when you can. Um, you know, if you can just let certain parts sit for a bit. So that's a huge piece for us of working through that. And then, as that study continues, the other element is there's some segments along there that also have some unique. Um, I'll say unique, but really challenging Mm -hmm. um, road alignments and access points. So um, more on the local road, you know, kind of once you get off the highway of making sure that the um, exit ramps and the turn lanes and the access points kind of work based on, yes, what we know now, but also what we've got forward. Um, Your other comment was about some of the big box. So there is some Uh, redevelopment projects and some grants that we've applied for or will be applying for I think they were due maybe Monday um, to try and help see some redevelopment of projects uh, more on that commercial side uh, to um, kind of re-envision what those um, empty big-box stores could look like and so we've had a number of conversations with different partners um, of what their vision is for some of those projects Nothing public that we can announce just yet but uh, so uh, you know there's some there's some good ideas and great work that's being considered there and then from a housing standpoint it's true one of my personal priorities for housing is to try and find ways to um, put in place uh, permanent affordable housing and affordable you know I, people have kind of this um, that word is a trigger sometimes for mm-hmm. people. But, I, you know, I would challenge folks to kind of think about affordable housing in a variety of stages. At each stage in your life, there's something different that uh, what what's different affordable for you. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, depending on your. Um, employment status or retirement status, affordable may look different than in the prime working years you have, right? And so trying to make sure that we work on a blend of housing types and also creating those uh, entry-level homes that we can find ways to create a more sustainable, affordable plan to keep those properties um, in that category. Uh, there are some things that we could explore. One of the things that we will explore over time is uh, a community land trust where um, we have the ability to um, acquire a, a property, let's just say a single family home, and the land trust owns the land, uh, but the property owner owns the house. And, you know, often in um, housing, the element that has the greatest amount of increase in value is the land, not the house. Right. And so that helps keep it more affordable um, over the long term. So those are things that you know we likely will explore. We also have been working with a number of different property owners downtown that have a lot of great concepts for uh, re-envisioning some of the spaces downtown that include some more rental housing. Um, and so over, over the months to come, we'll continue to work on those projects, too.
0: Now, the part I was mentioning uh, with the North Star concrete, wasn't there some discussion of what might be going in down there? Some more, I think, was it housing I read or something like that?
1: Yes. So, there, yeah, there there a, is a concept for, um, you know, kind of a combination of some housing, potentially some uh, additional office space down in that area.
0: Okay. And I, one thing that garnered a lot of attention was that Kern Bridge, that the city of Mankato oh, yeah. was able to get that as part of our history and incorporate it into part of our future. And so many people are so excited to have that connection of, of the, the Sibley Park and the uh, the Land of Memories Park. That is a, a kind of a, a, a big point for a lot of people and just curious on your your take on that and how that all came about and and the progress or process to to make that happen and when we'll see something. So
1: I you know the I think the plan right now if I recall correctly is that in about 2024 is you know when we hope to have the that bridge um, set and finished so that okay you know we can it sounds like it's forever away but um, you know uh, it takes time to plan those. There will be some new um, buttresses and alignments that have to happen on each end of the bridge, which is uh, setting the bridge is one thing, but kind of creating the space to set it on is another element that is, um, you know, kind of a, is a challenge. You know, at 189 feet, I think it is, Right. it's the longest bowstring bridge, arch bridge in the United States. So it from that perspective alone, it's a very special element that we're able to attract here, and because we have a great location uh, to connect to put it between Sibley and Land of Memories Park, and then create the trail system that you know connects that, and the fact that the bridge will be five miles from where it originally was was a huge part of what made this the, uh, location. There was, th- there were three other plans. Uh, Fergus falls had a plan, Sherburn and Wadawan County each had a plan. And, um, as the, um, the folks reviewing the project, uh, we feel very fortunate to be able to keep it on the Minnesota river and, um, and near its original home. It'll become a really valuable trail asset for us and a great way to enhance and connect. Like you said, those two parks,
0: I think a lot of people are really excited just by the feedback I've seen so i I was really kind of excited to see that as well. Now, you mentioned the one sixty nine study can people still have an input on that? Is that still ongoing?
1: Yes, it will be ongoing um, you know we have I think the current engagement where people could vote on things. I think that part has closed, but we we still have the ability for people to provide input or comments um As I mentioned earlier, the stage that we're in now is we'll start working on um, some preliminary engineering of design and concepts, and as we do that, um, there'll be another series of engagement with the community. So, in the maybe the two to three months ahead, there'll be another more formal. Um, engagement opportunity, uh, but for certain, people can look on our website at the, at the work that's been done so far or the concepts that are out there so far and provide us input on, on those elements. Um, you know, a big part of it is maintaining those two key access points for each community and then also working on, as I, you know, I'm hugely passionate about trying to work with not just the road itself, but as development happens over time to improve the aesthetics of our key entry into our community.
0: Well I love it that your your 13 year old is is tuned into that I'm a, I love to do landscaping and stuff myself so I'm just thinking like yes now do you just have the one child then or do you have a couple kids? What's your family? So we have three daughters oh, okay. um, a daughter who's 21
1: and uh, is a student at Iowa State just started the first semester of her last year of college she'll graduate. Uh, in December this year, uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> and uh, she is studying culinary food science, so is working on kind of getting into um, test kitchen, uh, food development, recipe creation, those types of that type of work. We have a daughter who is a senior at the Waconia Public School. Uh, she will graduate, Uh, again, fingers crossed, um, in May and, uh, has not yet announced her plans for the year to come. Um, she is, um, she is our, um, she, she is a lot like me in some ways. (laughs) And so, um, but not as driven as daughter number one. Uh, and so Anna, her name's Anna and she, um, she uh keeps us all guessing so you know it feels like we'll have some kind of big announcement at some point that uh she will um she will show up and say, "Well, I've decided, and here's what I'm going to do." <laughs> okay. Alrighty then. She's on the uh, downhill ski team at the high school, so it's Friday afternoon, her first ski race is here in at Mount Kato, So that'll oh, be kind
0: of fun. That's exciting. Yeah. My 13 year old is on the ski team. They just had a race last night, so he'll be there on Friday as well. So that's oh, nice. that'll be kind of fun. So if I knew yeah. what you looked like, I'd say hi when we're out there. But and your 13 year old, does she go into school here in Mankato or? She is still in Waconia online. Is it, uh, is it all distance then? I assume her school
1: is all in person. Oh, wow. Has been since last fall. Um, she did have, uh, she was exposed to COVID last, uh, December. And so got to stay home for two weeks, which was, uh, fun for everyone. Um, (laughs) and I say that with, um, Sarcasm tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she, it, she goes to a um, smaller school, so you know, oh. they're, they're able to create a little bit more. They, they've reinvented how they use their facilities, I guess I'll say. And as a result, um, they've been able to kind of create much smaller class sizes to do the in-person part in a, as safe a manner as can be done presently. Um, she um, is nervous and anxious about uh, changing schools and moving to a new community. I will say that out of the three kids, she has more empathy in her little finger than most adults I've met. So as people get to know her, she'll become a great Mankato ambassador.
0: My uh, son is a lot like that as well, my my 13-year-old son, and, and so... Uh, but my kids have only done the distance learning. They have not gone back yet. It's just because they're you not know, a, concerned about getting sick and getting... We're older parents, so, you know, they're concerned sure. about that. But, well, gosh, it, we're out, we're out of time, but I would love to continue conversations with you in the future. Susan, you just sound like a delightful, delightful person. So glad you are a part of Mankato. Susan Arnts, the new city manager of Mankato. Uh, can we do this again sometime?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for the invitation, and I look forward to meeting
0: you face-to-face sometime. Okay, without, with my mask or without <laughs> right <laughs>
1: right now with but yeah, yes in the
0: future without yeah thank Good. you Susan so much we appreciate it and uh, best of wishes to you and hopefully we'll meet soon thank you take care yep bye-bye all right Susan Arntz it was great to chat with her a really uh, really engaging person uh, sounds like somebody I'd really like to, to get to know better and she is our new city manager in Mankato and, Sounds like she's just got a lot of great ideas and a lot of drive. So thanks to her and uh, thanks to her for bringing us another community story here on KMSU Radio. It's three minutes past 11 and you're listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM. in.